Welcome, Pokemon players, to the first annual Triple P Award Show! Your hosts tonight include Jake Panux Abrams, Nick the Duke of Hobbies, Whimsy Watch's very own Charlie, and Dan Ondurko, aka Count the Money! Just want to take a moment and thank everyone again for joining us this year. Uh, we decided to put together a board show, kind of going over a bunch of different things about in the game and the, and the community as a whole. So, just again, we were having fun doing this, reaching out and figuring out these things, these fun categories and the cards and people associated with them. So, uh, there's a lot here. Let's get right into it. Starting off in our community selection awards, we're going to start with the best card collecting content creator. And the nominees for this category is Real Breaking Nate, Lean Heart, Unlisted Leaf, and Pokeboo. The winner for this category goes to Real Breaking Nate. I, you know, I think for us here, we all kind of you know this was more of a unanimous one he's one of those um original content creators in my mind uh it, when it comes to this game and just the the collecting side of things you know he has such a long history of doing this and you know even even when for some of us we weren't playing the game like it he probably came across a real breaking date video uh and his box openings and his finding the hidden back behind the shelf episodes they're a lot of fun they're a lot of they're, they're good episodes uh, i know you know i've shown his videos to a couple people and they're like oh that's pretty cool you know it's just for me it, it made a lot of sense um and this it, it was tough though because we, we like all these creators and yeah so all, it wasn't easy all, all these creators are super awesome and i can't say a bad thing about any of them but real breaking nate just seems to have just a little bit more positivity and I got just genuine like love for it it seems like and he's just been super positive when I first started like before we even started playing or doing podcasts or anything I kind of stumbled across a few of his videos and he just seemed very real and he was very positive to like you know newer people to the to to the game or to the community um, if you're opening a lot of cards or a little he doesn't he says you know it doesn't matter and he kind of inspired me originally to, you know, even just start this podcast because he kind of had a video where he was sit, sit, sitting down and just having a heart to heart without Pokemon cards saying, hey, if you got to start somewhere and if you want to just go ahead and do it, this community is awesome. Um, and that's kind of what originally inspired, you know, the, the idea of this podcast um, was through his video there. So that's, you know, one big reason I voted for him. That's cool. That's very cool. I'll be honest. I'm not a, a big collector. I think they're all really cool. I've seen a few videos. The one I'm most familiar with is Lillian Hart, uh, who, you know, he's extremely mm -hmm. hype guy. He's awesome. He's, he's a really good dude too. And he's a Texan yeah. too. So yeah, no, Lillian Hart's awesome. It was, it's, it's hard to pick with all just awesome, uh, you know, people for, for this category, but you know, it, somebody had to win. Good deal. Okay. So, the next category is actually uh, the best 
content creator for gameplay. The nominees are Tricky Jim, Azul GG, The Sable Eyes, and Gyroshan. And the winner for best gameplay creator is The Sable Eyes. So, The Sable Eyes, I, if I recall correctly, I'm pretty sure I cast my vote for The Sable Eyes. I'm a huge fan of Mitch. I, it's funny that the Sableyes, they had kind of two periods of time. There was one where Mitch would actually commentate over his games after he played them, which was actually extremely hilarious. And now he's gone <laughs> to doing a little bit more uh, live. And I think his videos have, they're really, really high quality. Um, they're fun. The musical intro, I've actually heard the song. I don't know what the song is, but I'm kind of curious. Do you guys know what the song is? No, I but don't. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Anyways, um, I love his ins and outs. It's kind of got like the Batman look with the stripes in and out, you know, like the old school Batman. And they're just really, really fun. And and he'll do meta decks. He'll do rogue decks. Um, I think it's a great choice. I mean, all these guys are really great. Azul is, is great. Uh, Gyroshan, as far as like quality for, I would say, for production value and, and how much he puts into, I think that he's, he's kind of second to none on that end. Yeah, um, but I think overall, if I look at everything, I, I any of them would be good wins. But I, I, I like, I'm, I'm happy that Sableyes uh, got the award. Yeah, yeah. So, for me, for for me here though, Sableyes though, one of the things I like about Mitch is that it's amazing how fast he puts out a video. Like, hey, there's this deck that just exploded into the scene, and then all of a sudden, Mitch is like, it's like, I, I, I no more than an hour later, and I don't know if that <laughs> if he sleeps at all or anything, but. I mean, he gets those episodes out, and then it's like fully edited. You know, it, it's amazing how fast he's with his content, and I hope he doesn't have any burnout because he's good. I enjoy them. I I always put them off to the like I'm, when I'm at work or something. I can always be listening to him, and I still have a good idea of what's going on in the game, uh, even when he has a, a blunder play. Uh, you know, he, he has a few of those every now and then. But, I mean, it's very real and it makes it feel like, you know, this is him. He's just, here's the deck. This is what he saw. And it's just an honest yeah. reaction. Yeah, and he'll he'll keep those blunder plays in there. He's not editing out all those out either. So that's always yeah. awesome. Uh, so it's not always like the perfect, uh, the perfect gameplay footage of each deck. Because, you know, every deck can struggle from time to time. Um, Mitch is definitely deserving of this. I... I personally didn't vote for him. I voted for um, for, for Tricky Jim, Andrew Mahone, because, uh, you know, I, I just sit there at lunchtime and, and uh, watch his live streams, and uh, most of those turn into his YouTube videos. So I kind of, that's kind of why I, I voted that way. But I can't vote, uh, you know, I can't fault anybody for voting for Mitch because his videos are just as awesome. Absolutely. And the other thing I will give a shout out to Azul is, um, my kids like to watch videos, and Azul's YouTube videos are very PG. Yes. Stream, not as much for my kids, <laughs> you know, yes. but, uh, but the YouTube videos are, are great. So, I, I, I remember the fir first time I watched Azul stream after I've watched like maybe 10 of his videos, and he throws a couple F-bombs in there, and I was like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> I was completely uh, uh, thrown off there. It was kind of funny. Oh, it's fine, and, and he's and he's very uh, uh, and it's not like if if a content creator says, hey, you know, like it, you know, th there's a disclaimer. I don't have any problem with that. Um, I just yeah. appreciate that the videos are accessible to anyone. Uh, his YouTube, his content, for sure. I just wanted to add that across both these categories, I enjoy watching 
all eight of these nominees. So like, to me, like all eight of them deserve awards. I mean, everyone, whoever, the Sable Eyes and Real Breaking Nate both are deserving of an award, but I think all eight of these guys that we, we put up as nominees were are great content and I just enjoy all of them. So that's the only thing I can really add to the discussion. All right, and the next category is Best Podcast. Disclaimer, we can't pick ourselves. So the nominees for this category are Metapod, Tag Team, The Yellhorn, and Cast. And the winner is Tag Team. So when I first started listening to, to podcasts about Pokemon TCG, Tag Team was the first one that I stumbled across, and they have been playing the game for longer than basically anybody on this list. And the chemistry between the two, to, the two guys are awesome. We got Riley Holbert and J.W. Crewall. They're both knock it out of the park. Uh, every week is relevant talk. It, it's very educational, and it, they're just a, a pleasure to listen to. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, and it's also fun because it's sometimes on a Wednesday night, you know, it's, it's always there. It's like your TV show that comes on. Like if you want to mm-hmm. watch it live, you can go on Twitch, which is really great. And uh, again, they're, they're really strong. Um, another reason I'm not at my house right now as we record this is uh, my oldest son, John, is a bassoon player in middle school. And JW is actually his bassoon uh, 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 uh tutor so uh oh, wow. kind, of a, kind of a cool thing so <laughs> that's a fun they're, fact they're awesome guys and and really down to earth and i think that they're i also you know you guys do this too uh, nick and jake is you bring a, a, a personal element as well that's that's very wholesome and good which is it just i don't know it feels like it kind of strengthens that connection with those guys and they're so consistent and so long and they both really are definitely top-notch players and they're they're really deep into the current state of standard and expanded mm-hmm. yep couldn't say it's, that's the best thing and like again with the other ones you know how much jake and i love metapod uh and you know as much as we like to you know, make fun of floaty cast <laughs> but we enjoy them uh so much and you know yellhorn which is brand new solid episode with chill and uh zach lesage and so like you know i I look forward to their episodes now uh you know and i i I just enjoy listening to these players talk but for me you know my vote was casted for tag team just because again they're they're to my mind again og and original for this and uh, it's just like you said dan like very consistent, very easy to go to, listen to their episodes, and just be like, "Yep, this is this is what I needed right now." When it came to Pokemon talk, so yeah. And a, a, a note too on the Flow T cast. I actually listened to a podcast. They, I think they've had a break, or sometimes they'll they'll have a few and then a gap. But I listened to an episode uh, about a week ago. I was driving to Dallas to pick my sister in law at the airport, and man, that that episode was hilarious. I think they had Danny Altavia on it. Yeah, and yep. uh, it, that was great. It was it yeah. was it was a lot of fun. It was a good good driving podcast. A kind of a combination of entertainment um, and insight. Uh, I, I again like they're all great things to listen to. Uh, I've i went down. I I really like the Metapod. I enjoy listening to that every week. So I mean, but all of them are worthy worthy choices. 
I'm going to give one little funny story about um, the tag team podcast. So I was right before my daughter was born a couple months ago, I was jogging. It was during the Players' Cup 2. Okay. And I was, and I oftentimes jog and listen to a podcast. And um, I was running, I think I was going for like a new record that day. I was really tired, but halfway through tag team, JW and Riley, they were talking about the calculations for points as far as what you would need to make it. And their math was wrong. And I was like halfway through my run. And I was like, I was kind of triggered. I don't really get upset about it. I'm like, no, guys, you're wrong. That's not the right math. That's not how you calculate it. And as soon as I got done running, I sat down the bleachers and I pulled my phone out and I fired JW an email off. Not angry. I was like, dude, here's the math. And I like wrote him an equation to like show like, see, this is how you calculate it. It was just kind of a funny thing. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's so cool. Did he get back to you? Yes. And at first he didn't get it. And then eventually he was like, yo, you're right. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, on to the next category. And this is actually a, a poll on Twitter. So we didn't have any vote on this um, ourselves. And this is our best guest, our best Triple P guests this year. And the nominees are Atrocious Jake. We got Luke Morsa from Celio's Network. Gyro Sean. Zach Lesage. And our own Dan and Durko count the money. And the winner is Atrocious Jake. And all of these guests were super deserving of being on there. Um, I've loved every single guest we've had. Uh, it just makes our show so much better. Um, being able to reach out to community members all over the place um, and get their, their insights. And Jake was gracious enough to come on and be the first person outside of Pittsburgh to kind of um, talk with us and give us insight. And even after he's been on, he's, been, he's become a friend of mine. And, you know, we talk Pokemon from time to time, play against each other in some league at homes. And, like, I jump on his stream uh, and, and watch him play some TCG and even uh, the video games. And it's, it's just been a blast to have every single one of these on our, uh, on our show. But Atrocious Jake deserves it for sure. I'll just say that I accept the results of the Twitter poll. <laughs> I will not be demanding any recounts or anything. And uh, I'm honored to have been nominated. But we were very happy to have you on. We really enjoyed the, talking to you about your your decks, and I think we'll get to those later. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, again, it was, I think, something about Jake's personality and how he talks about this game drives a lot of people towards him and you know he he has such a he has a in my mind he has a great radio voice i'll say it that way too and like you know it, it's a good he sounds good you know he, he d commands the audience very well in, in my head so you know again i just one of those things with him he's it's just awesome to listen to and then you know i we've had our, our each time we have a guest on you know, I, I learned something new, not just about the game play and the game mechanics itself, but like the community of the game. And, you know, each of these guests have just been so much fun to have on so, to talk about. Yeah. And I every, like I I'll be honest with you. I, I listened. I'm the one who's editing these episodes. So if there's a mistake, it's, you can always blame me. But uh, I, I have to say, though, it's one of those things where sometimes like i will just sit there and re-listen to this episode again in its entirety and 
you know, with Luke's episode and, you know, Dan, your episode uh, and Atrocious Shakes, I sat there and I just listened to the whole thing again. Like, I, I <laughs> normally don't because I've listened to it so many times, but those episodes to me stood out so well. Yeah, I, I also I listened to Luke's episode uh, a couple of days ago on Christmas Eve. And actually, that, that episode, that was an awesome episode. Really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, Luke just a lot has of- a lot of insight and... and- into the game competitively uh, from deck building to just little tips and tricks along the way with uh, like we were going over just if playing a card at the wrong time can just cost you a game even if it's a small thing and he has those insights that just definitely help raise the level of you know any community member from you know from a beginner all the way up to a pro so but I think I think what I want to say though with atrocious Jake is he if you watch his streams and stuff he's very good at he's good at engaging everyone and i think that's part of the reason again why this was such an easy vote count for him uh from the from the the pollsters and so it was just it made a lot of sense to us he has such a strong community that he's built for himself on twitch and youtube and and also in um uh, on the podcast with the metapod so just solid you know solid players so much fun to watch so big uh, uh, easily he wins this one in my mind too if if we were voting ourselves and and to and and just uh for the listeners this is actually kind of a landslide um <laughs> for a win uh over everybody else i think just his his uh his twitch community it just shows how much they love him because as soon as the poll went up like he saw it and, and his his votes count just shot up before before anybody really even had like started like getting votes like he was already in the double digits and let's give a small shout out to our local players that have been on there so zach uh who was actually unfortunately could not join us here for us today which is my fault but uh and also uh steve and even chuck too you know chuck, we Cole, had you on uh, a guest but you're 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 a showcast member yeah, so. so he's a showcast so he doesn't count that's uh, right. we also had colton uh he, you know, Col- he, he took both of us down that season to uh yeah, he did. to appear on so he was well deserved to, to come on that that episode was awesome to talk to him about uh his run as well for every nominee they were all like great to listen to interesting so i mean i'm just gonna cop out with the same like they all are deserving because they i mean really when it comes to when it comes to community awards like everyone is deserving we just can't hand awards to everybody but really you all deserve one because you're just making content for us to enjoy so it's it's great yeah and i want to just add this also with every single one of these guests and with podcasts and anything um it's just a pleasure to be able to you know put on your headphones for a couple hours at work or while like dan was saying jogging and just kind of just get to listen to enjoyable uh, talk about pokemon when before there wasn't content except for maybe one or two like little podcasts so it's been a it's been a pleasure to to really kind of just be part of this community in every way i get the uh pleasure of doing the award for the best season for a Competitive player. So the nominees for this category is uh, Zach Lesage, Azul, Cashman, and Thomas Brophy. And the winner of this category is Zach Lesage, the best season this year. Um, 
all I can say is winning Players Cup two, uh, that's a hard tournament to go, and a long one. So I mean, that's a, a season in its own. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Every single one of these guys were deserving for their own reasons. Um, Zach obviously had a tremendous run uh, in Players Cup two, and he's had you know a lot of top cuts in a lot of different uh, tournaments. We got Azul GG, which he's always made. It seems like every single day he's posting, oh, and I made top eight with this list or we made top eight with this list. So he's always up there um, on different tournaments with different lists. It's never the same thing. Um, Always just so super consistent. And then uh, talking about consistent, we have Thomas Brophy, which uh, he does well in so many tournaments and he's, to my eyes is Mr. Second Place because he loves to come in like he had a stretch there I think it was like four tournaments in a row and and large tournaments where he was coming in making final cut or the final uh, the top table and just losing there but it's still such a tremendous accomplishment just to even get there like four straight times it's just there's it can't be enough said right there yeah Oh, go ahead. I was going to say something about Cashman is like the, he's like the Cal Ripken of this era, you know, (laughs) since March when we all went virtual, he's so, he plays all the time and he consistently is having almost always, it seems like at least a winning record in tournaments, if not, you know, hitting the top cuts on a very, very regular basis. Him and Thomas both are, uh, have been big Scorch players, which is a, a, I think Scorch. it's not a deck I play, but I definitely think if I was going strictly for results, I like it because I do feel like it's that kind of deck that it's more in your hands. You know, you mm-hmm. uh, it, it doesn't take any horrible matchups. It doesn't take any, you know, guaranteed wins against any really great decks. It's definitely a player's deck, I would say. And also yes. a quick uh, note for Thomas. Uh, congratulations to him. I uh, He is preparing to enter college to study engineering. I think he's he's got a bunch of acceptance letters all over the country. I guess he's choosing to stay up in the Northeast, even though he had the opportunity to attend UT Austin, AKA the best uh, <laughs> engineering school in the country, but he chose to stay up somewhere in the cold Northeast. But uh, congratulations to him. <laughs> yeah. I, I just have to say, I think like for us, like Jake gave us, Jake and Chuck, you put these nominations together for us. And I think the only reason why Zach won was is that that small separation of what was the major event that happened this year? It was Players Cup 2. And Players Cup 2 was big, and, and it was not an easy feat at all. And, and, and so, every player that entered that made Qualifier Players Cup 2 was good. Right, you, can't, yeah. you can't make – I mean, I'm not, I don't want to throw any shade at Oceania, but um, at least North America, if you made it, you were good. Because we're talking about – First of all, only serious players are going to burn through 50 keys. And we were talking, mm-hmm. I want to say it was like the top 10% qualified. Um, so right. there was a lot of very, very strong players um, right. in Players Cup 2. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, and that's like, like Zach, you know, won such an amazing run. And we had such a fun time talking to him about that run in general. And his, his episode breakdown too that he's done on his channel going through talking about his final deck and what he's even done to update it already which blew my mind like here and that that, i think that's what separates him as a pro compared to some other people uh you know he's like even though he's already won he's already like here here's how i would improve it and yeah and so just tremendous tremendous season 
Yep, and always looking to improve, which is a, a very key quality in, in, a, in a top level player. No matter how good or bad you do, you're always looking to improve or, or you know, just get better in general. Yeah, it, I just wanted to add that, I mean, like all these guys have had really great seasons. I got to be the pleasure of a speed bump in Cashman's tournament last night. So, um, <laughs> but like in Azul, looking at meta, like I, looking at the meta with the Whimsy Watch, I see these names often. So it's just like, you seeing them place high, like they're all deserving. It's just that looking at the Players Cup 2 run and participating in it, and that thing was such a long grind. Like it's a season of itself that, and he came out on top. That's why Zach, it's a, it's a great accomplishment. Sorry to interrupt this awards episode version of our show. Um, after we were finished recording, uh, Limitless decided to drop some news, and we felt that we needed to talk about it briefly um, and kind of interrupt this uh, show. Uh, so they announced that they're banning ADP in all of their tournaments. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I mean, with a caveat, again, this is Limitless only. Uh, mm -hmm. they are only doing it for one month right now. And, you know, we're, uh, you know, this, I think this is a really neat, me personally, I think this is a really neat idea. It's a cool concept. Uh, we can finally start taking a look at standard without ADP. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, I think this is important for everyone to kind of be aware of. Yeah. I mean, I have mixed feelings on this. Um, on the one hand, um, ADP is oppressive. Um, it's a un, uh, fun play experience for the, for the most part, but that's not really warranting of a uh, ban in my eyes in the, in the general um, sense. Um, I think what they're trying to do here is, you know, see if there's any other decks that can flourish in a world that ADP is dominant over. And I know ADP isn't winning all of these tournaments, uh, but they it is a gatekeeper on deck building. Um, in general, yep. so you, you might not be playing a, or playing against a certain archetype that could be super effective, just not against ADP. Um, so it's just like, like a fun experience, I think, or a fun um, experiment to see how you know this month goes. Uh, if people are enjoying the format a little bit more um, without ADP, and of course, if, if you know if it's unsuccessful, they can switch it right back. It's no problem. It's no problem at all. So, uh, you know, we'll keep everyone up to date uh, if there's any more announcements. All right. Uh, we'll now go back to the, the award show. All right. So that's going to do it for us on the community awards. Now we are going to go into our... Uh, actual card game award. So we're diving into the game and we're going to take a look at some uh, very specific categories for that. Okay, time for the best set release of the year. Uh, our nominees for best set release is Sword and Shield, Rebel Clash, Darkness Ablaze, and Vivid Voltage. And the winner of best, re of best set release is... Darkness Ablaze. 
right, I voted for this one. I Darkness Ablaze, again, this is now when I was fully into the game. But Darkness Ablaze, I've never seen a set uh, just come out before in a TCG or any kind of game I've played in the past where it was a complete deck right in there. Right? Like, Eternus yeah. came in, in this set, it came with the Crow, came with the... You could build a, a very effective Eternus deck. It's not not the, probably the best Eternus deck, but a very effective Eternus deck just with cards from Darkness Ablaze. And I think that's actually kind of interesting that they went with that approach. To me, that was kind of neat because there wasn't you didn't really need to mix that much for it to be good. And yeah, and they also had Santa Scorch in there. So so yeah. Darkness Ablaze was a, a very um, strong strong set. Uh, with a couple ready-made decks. Uh, but I didn't really go with that. I went with the Sword and Shield because I just think that with uh, you know the amount of supporters that kind of changed the game and Pokemon Search that changed the game in that um, was my vote. But I can't fault you guys for Darkness Blaze because, yeah, like you said, there's there's two like ready-made decks basically in that set. Um, good to go, like obvious good to go decks. Uh, I, was, yeah. I was for Darkness Ablaze simply because... I'm with you, Jake, on Sword and Shield was a really good set, but I gave it to Darkness Ablaze because it brought so much for for being on the smaller set side because Sword and Shield was a larger base set where Darkness yeah. Ablaze was a smaller... I mean, there's like... There's Scorch, there's Eternatus. It brought Mad Party. So... Yeah. Um, yeah. There's three archetypes that are currently in the meta consistently just at like that that set brought us right and mad mad party is super successful and expanded um you know like you see how it's it's, it's a weird one right like the, you know because of adp you don't really see mad party but expanded's like nah let's see it i actually voted for a rebel clash uh i prop my second place probably would have been sword and shield for the same reasons jake said um, I, the reason why I voted for Rebel Clash was I think it was the first set where you really suddenly had VMAXs were actually strong meta choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was a couple of decent VMAXs in Sword and Shield base set, uh, but Rebel Clash, you had Drag, uh, Dragapult, which was arguably the best deck in format during the Rebel Clash, or team up Rebel Clash <laughs> It format. still can be. Yeah, and, <laughs> and uh, Inteleon had a, uh, when Picaram was, no one was playing Picaram for a short period of time, had its time in the sun. And then, of course, Boss's Orders, uh, which is, you know, a massively, uh, uh, a big, a card that changed standard by quite a lot. So all, all strong decks. I, I think I think we can probably all agree that for playing purposes, Vivid Voltage has probably been the weakest of the Sword and Shield sets. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Rebel Clash also gave us Crushing Hammer again. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, every every set has to have its uh, dark spot, right? <laughs> yeah. Next category is the best card art. So, nominations for this category include the Zamazetta from Ultra Premium Collection, ADP Statue, the Choo Choo Alt Art, and the Full Art Marnie, and Megalope Honey Jigglypuff. The winner this category is ADP Statue. This is a fun category for us. I mean, uh, we had a fun one. We were we were all allowed to nominate one, but we couldn't vote for our own, set by the rules. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, as much as I hate ADP, I like this card. It's a cool-looking card. It is mind. a cool-looking card, for I sure. I mean, they're, they're, they're all yeah. cool-looking cards. Uh, but, you know, it's if if I had to pick it again, uh, you know, with this, uh, I, I, I like that statue look. I think that's kind of neat. It's kind of like the... But I'm a, I am like the lore and the background of some, some games a lot. And yeah, that's, that's what I appreciate about this card. I probably have a hard time separating the actual card and what it does from the artwork. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> so that's that's probably why my vote did not go for the statues, but it is a beautiful card for sure. If there's if there's not a card that says I'm a god, that I, like that one says it more than anything else, and it like you know for how menacing it is in the game right now. So like you that's see a very slap, good point. Yeah, <laughs> you see someone slap that down, and you're like, ugh, you're a serious ADP player. Yeah, <laughs> they went out of their way to get that card. <laughs> right, right. Uh, the ADP art is really good, but I I, I would have voted. I, my vote was for Marnie. Her 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 full <laughs> art. The look on her face just says, "Oh, you had plans for that hand. Too bad you're gonna put it at the bottom of your deck." Like, yeah, but the true. look on her face sometimes gives you better cards. <laughs> true. true. But we're looking at That's art. That's why it's yeah. a double edged. That's why it's a double edged. We're looking card. at art. Yeah, it is a very double edged card. But no, I can't fault you. If anybody knows Chuck, our local uh, whimsy watch guy, he is infatuated with Marnie. So I, it doesn't surprise me. So it's it's, it's a good card though. It's a good looking card. All right, next category is best item, and the nominees are quick ball, scoop up net. Reset stamp and metal saucer. And the winner is Quick Ball. Right, Quick Ball is just one of those cards that when it came out, um, but or I, let me let me go back. Before before it came out, it was difficult to find Pokemon, and people were dying for a, a, a basic search card for, for basic Pokemon, and Quick Ball fit that need. And it, it, it is an auto-include in every single deck. It's that important to the game right now. And that's why this, this card above the rest, um, you know, won this category for sure. It's a four of in every deck. Um, find a deck that doesn't run four quick balls. I don't think you're going to find one. And I, I think that there was a little bit of internal debate among us as far as the best card, as far as the overall strength versus how fun and good it was. I, I mm-hmm. think there's a strong argument for scoop up net, uh, being a, un- a card that really changed things and was very, yes. very impactful, but scoop up net is not a guaranteed, you know, four of in every deck like quick ball is. And so it, that really kind of ends the debate, I think. Yeah, for yep. sure. Yep. I mean, quick ball can, uh, I like how it is a, it's a give and take card. You get what you want. You get to look through your deck but you have to discard a card too, so I like it's. I in my mind, it's very balanced. And even though, and even some players like who are using Tapakoku for the electric ones and stuff, that they can pair that really well uh, with getting rid of cards. Mad Party again, for example, like it, it's just it's baby yeah, Charizard. It's, yeah, it's just a such a solid uh, card now that fits in so well with the game that, like you said, like it, you got four of them in there. I almost wish you could just have a template set up of like, okay, for these, for these, for these, and quick balls, one of those. Yeah, it's, it's really that, that discard was like, well, you, here's that search, but you're going to have to pay a card, but we're going to, 
that that discard has turned into a boon for so many decks that it's just like mm -hmm. this is the ultimate ball search and and yeah. unlike nestball nestball uh which was i believe in last not last format but before the 2018 to 19 format um Nestball, you had to bench that Pokemon when you searched for it. Um, but Quickball works with the Dene, works with Elagos, works with Crobat as well. And, you know, obviously those those cards have the effect when you play them from your hand. Yeah. Uh, so it can, it, it makes it makes it easier to find those really those bench sitters that are, you know, uh, bench sitter might not be the right word, but those really, really strong support Pokemon. Uh, it makes them extremely accessible, which is which is very good. Okay. The next category we have is the best stadium card. And uh, the nominees are Chaotic Swell, Giant Hearth, Dark City, and Wondrous Labyrinth. And the winner is Chaotic Swell. So I think uh, with Chaotic Swell, why is it so strong? Um, in the past, you know, if you didn't have a strong stadium card or your deck only had space for one or two stadiums, uh, you know, it, you maybe you would say, you know what, forget it. I'm just not going to include a stadium. Uh, or you just knew that if your opponent ran four, that they would just kind of outpace you and be able to really, you know, kind of supplant their will in the stadium department. Mm -hmm. And Chaotic Swell what it does is, is allows you for one space or two spaces, but even one space, you can prevent your opponent from really getting the maximum strength out of their stadium line, uh, which is extremely powerful. Yeah. It's, yeah. I was, I was going to say for, for something that usually only takes one deck slot. Uh, the only other deck I know that runs something that's maybe like four stadiums is, is fire with giant hearth, which is also a nominee. But like, for being able to just take one deck slot and being able to just prevent stadiums, because most most decks like stadiums aren't a huge thing right now in in deck building. Just the unless you're fire. Yeah, and, and to, to couple with that, like if you're a deck that doesn't need a stadium, but you know that you know fire is in the meta and you you want to try to prevent the the you know the the hearse from coming out it's just a good counter stadium and if they throw a stadium down and you bump it it's going to take them at least two turns to get back up to their hearth and that a lot of the time just wins you the game because it wins you that that amount of time to get your board state set up before they get theirs and that could be the difference but you know in a game for sure yeah, I mean, baby blouse, um, baby blouse is destroyed by a well-timed chaotic swell. Like I don't know how many times. It's definitely made uh, Marshadow, uh, Marshadow's favorite stadium. It's made Marshadow extremely relevant for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 a strong, impactful, you know, counter. But it's also a strong. It's it's such an easy like I got one card spot left and like throw chaotic swell in there. You can't go wrong with it. Um, and you know that disruption. I, I think I'll, you know we all like disruption a little bit in, uh, ourselves. So maybe that was our biasness towards it. But you know, I think it's, it's just an easy one to if you're again unsure what to do, put a chaotic swell in the deck. Mm -hmm. Okay, next category is the best supporter, and the nominees are Welder, 
boss's orders, professor's research, and Marnie. And the winner for best supporter category is boss's orders. All extremely powerful supporters. Discard draw seven with research, super powerful. Uh, Marnie, super powerful. Hand disruption and a refresh. Welder is totally broken, strong card. And boss's orders, obviously, adding that guaranteed gust effect that we have not had. Um, I think that the two that really changed the meta, you could say, were, I would say, Marnie and Boss. Uh, Boss, obviously, having that gust uh, really, really changed things. And then, of course, Marnie, the hand disruption from a supporter is something that's been missing. Um, again, all four very good ones. I'd probably say, well, for me personally, Welder be last just because it's so specific to a certain type of deck. Yeah. But then again, you could make the argument that that card has made a type of deck, Fire, extremely relevant and possibly the most powerful type mm -hmm. over the last year or so. Yeah, it, it definitely makes Fire super viable. It also can make, you know, the occasional water deck or like melodic or even like this colorless, uh, you know, very, very potent as well. But just that guaranteed gust um, at the end of the game that, you know, the make or break, I mean, we've all won games and we've all lost games. Uh, just do we have the boss right now at the end of the game? Yes, no. Well, there's there's uh, there's the winner right there. So, yep, basically. So, I, I don't see how we couldn't pick it. The the other uh, the other four awesome, like you said, welder, uh, accelerating plus draw professors, just a, a fresh new hand with the most aggressive um, dig as far as the uh, research. Um, was a supporter and then Marnie, you know, getting to look at five new cards and disrupting your opponent can be game changing. It is. I mean, if you just look at the, you look at the cards nominated and you just look at any deck, if it's not a fire type, three of the four will be on there. If it's a fire type, almost all four of them will be in it. So again, when with the nominations for this, I think it was basically unanimous in what four we were doing. We didn't even like debate about it. It was just okay. So these these four right here, were like yeah, okay, move on, and then and then we voted real quick because it was just it was straightforward for us. This was, you know, this was probably our easiest category to not only come up with nominations but also select it too. I, I know that we have some disagreement on it. Um, you know, I, I as much as I hate bosses' orders, um, it, I you have to respect it. It's so strong. All right, next category is the best Pokemon in the game right now. So we're looking at what we mean by this is the best Pokemon card. Uh, it could be basic to staged, uh, uh, stage one or stage two too, and this included all the fees and everything. So um, nominations for this category include Pikachu. Sashian, Mewtwo Mew, and Dedenne. And the winner, with an unanimous vote decision here, is Sashian. So, <laughs> the, you know, it, it, it was so, again, this was the, it, it's a card that it can fit in so many different decks, just because of Intrepid Sword. You know, we see it in Baby Blounce, we see it in, you know, obviously ADP, and all the metal decks, and even some, the Chuchina Mill, and like, it just, it fits so, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, cool, I can attack with this too. Uh, and like our nomination for best item, the metal saucer that we had in there. I mean, the, the, this 
pairs so well with that that all of a sudden you're just you're hitting like a truck too um easily in my mind this again that's why it was unanimous but best best pokemon in the game right now zashian so strong uh a, a ton of health it's just there's so much so many reasons why for this one yeah zashian super broken you know he he hits like a, t a tank and it's super well or super easy to get up and running especially with you know the adp deck uh just accelerating energies to him um but the other two like mewtwo mew he's he's always going to be relevant as long as uh you know gx's uh tag teams and all those are in there because he can basically just be anything and kind of like you know uh, morph to the, what the meta is um uh, the the card that never dies everybody you know every time everybody thinks he's dead he comes back because that tag bolt or, or that full blitz uh with the 150 which is nothing to scoff at but the energy excel is just it's crazy um and Dedene is you know one of those staple cards that just if you you know you you need you need a new set of hand or you're trying to dig for something and you have a you know a pokemon search for something you can just get that to Dene and get a whole new hand um, and he's definitely accelerated the game um, in combination with all these other cards, too. It, it's interesting with Dene, too, uh, having a taste. I know Jake and I have done a little bit of deck theory crafting with the, uh, the Tablemon Challenge, which is the Sword and Shield Onward. And it's like, whoa, a format without Dene, like mm -hmm. how much that changes how you build things. Um, now, with Zasha, it, it's kind of hilarious because I remember even moving into rebel class people were talking that well you know someday zashin the, the power creep is so strong that someday zashin won't really be relevant and i'm like mm. especially now when we look at pikaram still being relevant i can't see any reason how zashin will not be very relevant till the day that it rotates unless there's something that's like block metal saucer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zashin's gonna be a strong card. Oh, even when even when ADP goes, you're gonna have the 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 rusted sword that really boosts his offense too. So he's not oh, going yeah. anywhere as far as an offensive standpoint. I mean, hitting hitting for two thirty on turn three if you go like your first attack with no help necessary because you just attach intrepid sword attach. And then attach for your your second turn. You're hitting for 230 with zero help from any other cards. Yeah, and I don't think he's gonna never not be relevant. And that doesn't even uh, consider the intrepid sword. If you hit the energy, if you if you go first and you just hit the nuts, sometimes that's just the game right there because your opponent can't do anything and you're just you're knocking them out. I mean, I I remember in the table one challenge last week, I went first and my opponent hit a turn one brave brave blade. Um, you know, it's yeah. it's totally possible. He does everything, so he'll be around until they don't let him be around. All right. The next category is the best rogue deck, and the nominees are Sandaconda, Mad Party, Spiritomb, and Greedent. And the winner is for best rogue deck is Spiritune. So on these two, I two of them I have a, a very soft spark for. One of them is Greedent. I am flattered that it was nominated. Um, 
And, uh, but Spiritomb, the thing, I, the thing about Spiritomb is this, is that for one, it's still good. You'll still see it. If you look at tournaments, people are still playing it. It's still strong. Spiritomb kind of had two rogue moments. Um, in the Limitless qualifiers, one, two, three, and four, which those were the ones over the summer, um, ADP Spiritomb broke on the scene. Ross Cawthorn uh, played it, and it became a, a top-tier deck. I was playing it before then. Ross made an even better list, and it, it, it came out of nowhere as a rogue deck. And then, not only did it do that, then um, I believe Luke and someone else, I can't remember his name, were the two finalists uh, for uh, the Limit, was it Limitless? I can't remember which one. It was a big tournament. It was kind of like the end of the year tournament. It ended up being two Spiritombs, straight Spiritombs. I think it ran Eveltal and some Ultra Beast in there. And so really, Spiritomb, not only just kind of like, whoa, look, it, it, it did well. It kind of like came in and wrecked the format at two different points with two different decks. And like, if that's not an awesome rogue deck, I don't know what an awesome rogue deck is. Yeah, I don't know much more to say about this deck. You know, we when we were talking about this beforehand and everything, you know how you know how we all feel. I feel about Santa Conda, uh, but uh, you know, the, for me though, like Greedent was. I just have so much fun playing that. That's why it was. It's such a fun one to go out there and put that down, especially on the ladder, because no one's no one's really prepared for it. <laughs> um, but you know, Spear Tomb is I think just a little more consistent and very effective. But I think also it's a fun, it's a very thought process. You know, very you, know, you have to think like two to three turns ahead with that one. And I think if you know, misstep can be the end for you on it. So it's not an easy easy deck to play. Yeah, the Spear Tomb. It's a it's a technical deck. It's fun. Uh, you know, Green. I think of uh, I was thinking about Green the other day. It's like. Uh, Here's a little analogy. Uh, if anyone's a Harry Potter fan, in the the fifth book, when the the nasty ladies taken over Hogwarts, you know, and yep. the Weasley brothers, like they light it up with the fireworks and they blast out of there. Like that's like kind of what Greedent was. It was like this flash in the pan in this meta where everyone's like, oh, ADP. You know? <laughs> it's like, hey, this is this fun, exciting moment, you know, a respite from the the boringness. Uh, but man, Spiritomb really did turn things upside down multiple times, which is really something. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's still looking at my uh, my data for Whimsy Watch. I mean, Spiritomb is still getting played uh, pretty well, um, and then, but and Mad Party is getting played the most out of all these. But they're both making cuts just as much, like Mad Party and Spiritomb. Like they can still make cuts. In this, in this, yeah, format. I think going forward, Mad Party has a pretty bright future, especially after the whole uh, ADP prize manipulation goes away. Um, but as is right now, Spear Tomb can hit those huge numbers, especially with Cape of Toughness um, helping it. You know, if if the player sets up the board state correctly, it could just steamroll basically any deck. All right, so now we're going to move into the best jank deck. Um, categories for this decks, these decks are the Hat Ladies, Al Creamy, Amazing Rare Box, and Unknown Hand. So the winner of the best jank deck is Unknown Hand. Because it's crazy janky. 
Yeah, I remember the first time I played against this on the ladder. And I didn't quite know what was going on because I, I was a newer player. And I'm like, why is he just milling himself? Like, he's not doing anything to me. This is just easy damage. I, I've got this. Um, and turns out, you know, end of the game, he goes down to, what is it, like 36 hand, like cards in the hand or something like that. And and then he just wins. And it was like a, a crazy uh, a crazy little art um, animation on PTCGO. And I was like, what just happened? So I mean that if a deck does it has its own random crazy animation in the game, I think you just win that category right then and there because of that, right? I mean, it does. That that's all. I mean, yeah, you are correct because it's such a janky different. I mean, it's it's its own win condition, so it's definitely janky. Uh, I just the. My heart in this category went to the hat ladies. There's, there's nothing more janky than trying to get those four ladies to go off and then hit the nuts mm-hmm. to just do out a do out dish out a bunch of damage. But I mean, it's just a category of what craziness can you pull off? Yeah, as far as like the amazing rare box, I haven't seen too much of that um, yet. I know people have been trying to, to run them. Um, I know the the Raikou deck is kind of has a little bit of success, and that seems like a pretty cool deck too. Um, but yeah, like all these definitely are are worthy nominees to this category for sure. Next category is the best defensive deck. Now, the nominations for this one include Luke Melmetal, Colossal, Desigoon, and Bird Trio. The winner for this category is Luke Melmetal. I mean, this was another unanimous decision here. Um, the consistency, this is a deck that, you know, we talk about Picarum and decks that don't die, like cards that don't die. This is one of those ones that keep coming back, mm-hmm. uh, even with the fire. Uh, but then Vivid Voltage comes out and gives us metal coating energy. And so, boom, Luke Melmetal. I think... I know we have seen it's less played as it goes for a while here now, but I think that's only because this is a very draining deck to play. Yeah. It is such a different one. You you're not you can sometimes turn it into an aggressive a deck if you need to to take out things, but you know your whole goal is to not mill, just deck out because you know. So it's a slow, slow. Yeah, you're game. just trying to outlast your opponent, and with having you know your GX attack, the full metal wall with your with your metal goggles and your your coating energy um, on top of Malalana and, and even just Eldegoss to get that uh, Malalana back, you're you're doing less damage. And they're just healing along the way. And if you're not like one of those be- decks like Senna Scorch that can just hit for a ton, uh, and you're like one of those mid-tier decks that are just hitting for like going for two shots, it's it's going to be more like a four shot if you're lucky because of of the Malalanas and just the reduced damage that these guys take. Right. And, and these are all chunky boys. Plus, you know, now as the meta keeps evolving towards more V and V maxes, you know, Zemazetta just starts popping in out there more, and the whole deck is like, what's going on here right now? And you could just completely shut down. And plus, a really well, a, a, a really good Melmetal deck 
timing Full Metal Wall GX mm -hmm. is just, you know, the timing of that is so critical. You know, you see it win against Sanity Scorch just because they'll be like, okay, now I'll do it. And, you know, all of a sudden, a high energy Sanity Scorch is sitting there with nothing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's another start, start aspect over. of this. Like, so a lot of times the game plan for Luke Mel Metal is to get out there and get that Full Metal Wall out as soon as possible. But depending on the matchup, sometimes it's just the threat of him full metal walling and the energy disruption stops your opponent from doing what they want to. It's like if they're playing a Cinescorch and they jump up there, um, especially if you have like the metal coating and they don't have a way to get rid of it, like if you're not one-shotting him and he's just doing that full metal wall and now you have no energy and you're having to start over and if it's like mid-game mid to late-game, that's just devastating. Right, right. And I honestly, I, I think we'll have the sh Rusted Shield before the meta, uh, meta switches up here. And just imagine with Zamazesta with that in yeah. this deck. So yes, you, you might take more damage, but he's you're talking a 300 health <laughs> Zamazetta instead too. So now, yeah. now like all those other control measures that your deck might have to take out a 230 HP version is going to be even harder uh, to handle it if your VMAX can't be the attacker too. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, again, we, for us here, it was unanimous. It was very straightforward as much as we, as much as I like my Desi goons, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I recognize the, uh, yeah, uh, the, the, uh, we, so, we all recognize. How so I do want to add at the moment for the year 2020 and going into 2021, Luke Metal is the best defensive deck as is. But going forward, it, this is Colossal's um, territory for the, you know, he's going to be yeah. handed the torch because he can do a lot of what we were just saying about Luke Metal. Um, but he can hit bigger numbers and he, he's not rotating. <laughs> yep. And, yep. And with those fighting energy, um, those special stone fighting energy, energy stone energies, um, it really just makes him super tanky, especially, you know, with the healing card of Malolana. I know that is going to rotate, you know, with, with Luke Metal, but, you know, rest assured, there'll probably be cards similar uh, to, to heal up your Pokemon. Yep. I think, I think of the... Uh, with playing a lot of Luke Metal, the game isn't so much... Like, Desigoon is a wall... Like, I'm going to wall you off. And I haven't played a lot of Colossal, but he, I assume it requires a little bit more resources why it's not as popular as Luke Metal. Um, because it's it's just a resource... Like, Luke Metal is a resource management game. Yes. It's literally, I'm going to wait until you run out of things to beat me with. Yeah, Luke Metal... Um, Colossal is very similar in the gameplay. Um, I think it's just a little bit more... It can be a little bit more aggressive at times if it really it wanted to. Well, what it's separates awesome. them for I... me? What separates them for me right now is when you try to take out with ADP between Colossal and Luke Melmetal, the bench is really hard to take out for Luke Melmetal. Yeah, because they can they can control their bench so well, such that well, this is a really big heavy boy that you have to kill. And Colossal, the difference there is. To be effective, you have to have like a, a you know a Ranguru uh, on there, or you've played some other supporter down there, and ADP can just be like, I'm gonna munch you up. 
while Luke Melmetal is like, cool, my bench is two Zamazetas, or my bench is you know, a Zashian, and what are you going to do about it? Uh, with Metal That's Goggles. the difference. Yeah. Is Colossal still has the need to be to be effective. He needs to run what in in Luke Metal terms, what I call liability Pokemon. Yeah, right. Um, where Luke Metal doesn't, it, you place what you need to survive. Yeah, that's it. A lot. That's basically your. A lot of those Luke right, Metal you, you, you need you need cards. You do Intrepid Sword. You need you need defense. Uh, you do full mall, full metal wall. Oh, you facing a Vmax? You play Zem and Zeta, and that's that's it. Like you could just rotate between those. Yep. Um, and yep. the whole game is shut down. You know, even if and you could set it up where all of a sudden you would surprise attack and knock out with Zashian because you know you're just attaching him, uh, or, or using Intrepid Sword, and all of a sudden you know they knock out what was inactive, and then here comes two thirty, and it hits, and it could be a dead, and that changes the whole game right then and there too. And we're not even talking about the dolls yet. The dolls in this deck are, are oh, yeah. super annoying. So, <laughs> yeah, you you, you, you hit somebody, uh, they on away behind a doll, and even if you boss them up a lot of time, it's not even enough to, to hit them, and they can just do it again, and now you just lost the bosses. So those dolls yeah. can be very yeah. effective in that deck for sure. I've, I've, I play a lot of Luke Metal, and I've watched many bosses just... You just keep trying, but then you, you the Malawanas negate what you just used that bosses for. Yeah. Unless you have like you, you can only play four, like you can only play up to four, and if you have an elder, like there you, I can burn through them all. So you can burn through them all and still be standing yep. there, not take six prizes. Yep. And 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 another wasted turn is just another closer turn for them to deck themselves out. Yeah, because you're. You're most likely digging for cards, whereas I'm. I'll just take three. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for the most disappointing deck of the year. A uh, little note about this category is we're just going what was we were excited to get, but then was not as fun as it seemed when it came out. So uh, with these uh, nominees. Uh, for the most disappointing deck, we have uh, Mad Party, Toxic Toxtricity, Vmax, uh, Fat Pikachu, Chubby Chew, and Salamance Vmax. And the winner of the most disappointing deck for this year is Salamance Vmax. Uh, I was super pumped uh, when Salamance was announced, and. The potential that you know he had spreading energy around with the powerful energy um i thought it was going to be super meta changing i went out and bought a 4-4 line before i ever opened a pack um on tcg player got that deck out and uh, while it is all, an all right deck um it is not meta defining like like i thought it would and i think a lot of people thought might have a lot more success than it did and it just kind of really fell flat and it just doesn't hit hard enough and it do, it's just a little too inconsistent um to do what you want to do with that salamance deck right i think i think uh for me here i i remember you sent me a message you're like don't tell anyone but this is gonna do it <laughs> and i was like oh salamance that sounds cool uh and and, and it makes sense right like think about it. it's a four colors energy v max which is now you can put welder in it because who cares what the energy is? Yeah. It's colorless. 
and you hit for 240 you spread damage and you know wow like this is awesome this is crazy strong and then they gave it that electrical weakness in my mind yeah um and you know it doesn't really have a good follow-up like you know if you're going to do that if you're going to take that pokemon v max you might as well take senate scorch and i think that's what ended up happening and you know to me so um you know that's that's kind of like where i see this and why it made perfect sense this was a very disappointing deck um uh, even though my vote went to fat pikachu because it let me down i can't (laughs) get you to work fat pikachu i tried i trust me I, so uh, but, we put this on. We put Fat Pikachu on for you. I remember doing that breakdown or the deck, uh, the card breakdown for the so next excited. set. And I, I was like, uh, Pikachu is not not the way to go. But you, you you tried so hard to make it work. I tried so hard. Two seventy <laughs> damage, and you can return it. Like I I was so excited, and then it's just like, nope, never mind. Yeah, and another electric deck that really a lot of people I think had or a lot of hype for was that Toxtricity V Max. And it just doesn't quite hit the numbers, even if you're getting, you you know, your poison off and you're hitting uh, for his max attack. It, it just doesn't seem like it's just quite powerful enough. Well, you like like we saw with, uh, you know, in my mind with Salamance, this one was easily to be replaced with a Poison Eternatus. Mm-hmm. You know, it does it exactly. It, the toxicity once eight Pokemon on its bench and the turns is like, I can do that and I'll hit more than you. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's, I think that's part of the, you know, now, you know, again, I know timing wise of how things happen, but again, a disappointment makes sense there for toxicity. And I know with uh, mad party, I believe that was one of uh, Zach's things. Cause he was, he was excited for it, but the disappointment became in that it wasn't, consistent enough to hit the high numbers needed i think to to be good and the the prize trade like it just the adp matchup prize trade-off that's just the made it, so made it. i will say out of these four decks that mad party has a bright future after rotation with adp for the prize trade-off and then also going on to your your point about being a little too slow the format is going to slow down without the Dene's and in a lot of these other cards as well um, with the like the Picaroms and ADPs just in the energy excel portion of that. So it really will give it a little the, the timing of Mad Party. It will give him a chance, I guess, yeah. to, to hit those numbers. It was just, I know with him, it was just like a, oh, geez, finally we can have some single prizers that are going to be great. You know what I mean? But they still kind of fell a little bit short. Yeah. And on your on your your Salamance, just to throw in a little bit on that argument, I, I it's just like he hits for a bunch with the I think it's two forty, but there's no like there's not like the what you need to use to get Salamence to work, there's no Pokemon to pair him with as a backup attack like a, That's, a backup person right right so he's kind of just on an island by himself so once you you figure out a trick to beat in Salamance like it's there's nothing else you can do like there's no curveball you can throw. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so going into the last category we have for this episode and the year is Best Deck. So the nominees for Best Deck are Picarom, ADP, Baby Blacephalon, and Luke Metal. And the winner is 
Picarom. Picarom is just one of those decks that every time somebody thinks it's dead, it comes back more powerful. Um, we kind of mentioned earlier, it, you know, that, that energy spread uh, is so powerful. The 150 is, is, is kind of vanilla at this point, um, but you're really just softening something up and charging the board up. And with the addition of Bolton, just doing that extra damage when you have all the energy on the board really just makes it, you know, one of those decks that just wins consistently and has an answer for almost anything. Right. I mean, again, Players' Cup 2 winning deck. Uh, it was in the finals, mere match. And, you know, even with the addition of Mew in there, too, it, it's still a Picaram deck. Yep. And Bolton's uh, electric, uh, Electrify, uh, the addition of Tapakoku V, variations with Picavolt. I know, that, you know, there's debate on that. Uh, but just, there's so much. We, we talked about how Quickball, like, again, I think a lot of the talk we had was leading to this deck, though. Uh, even when it faces Luke Melmetal, it has answers with its, um, uh, it, you know, it has answers with Tool Scrapper. It has answers with Crushing Hammer. Uh, and then you can use Bolton's attack to just overpower the amount of health and yep. dam uh, damage reduction that it has. And there's just kind of nothing it can do. Uh, you have options with Tagpult GX. Again, you know, Dedende can, Dedende can now attack if you're desperate. Um, it's just, you know, this is the most optimal electric deck out there right now. Um, and, you know, there's just nothing more you can say about it other than it's the best. If you want to show up and you want to show up strong, you bring Picaram. And, you know, take a look at the variations, sit which one's your play style more, um, and go with it, and you can't go wrong. I mean, these four decks are all really good in format, um, but Picaram, like... Like Baby Bicephalon's really a really good deck, it, no matter how much it annoys yep. you, because it it'll it can win a tournament as long as that fire energy keeps flowing, and that deck keeps moving. As long as those moving parts keep working, it'll take out whatever comer is on the other side of the board. That's why it's a really good mm -hmm. deck. But and, and Luke Metal, it defends. We just went over how it, it's the best defensive deck. We don't need to go on that. It can. It can defend like anyone else. And then the real question was Peak Rom or ADP, because ADP is by far the most popular deck in yes. format. Coming from the coming from the person that's looking at, at the meta, it's definitely the most popular deck in format. But what I can tell you is Peak Rom is the winningest deck in format. So it, it just wins more often than any of the other four, as well as being A, popular. It's the second most popular deck. And... It's still making cut. It's not like it's just a one-off and cut. Like it's just a, it's popular. It makes cut and it wins tournaments. Yeah, it's the best. So what that. really separated it for me? So ADP, you have one strategy for the most part. You ultra creation boss boss win. That's basically the formula for that deck's uh, success, and it is very successful. But Picarom, there's a lot more options um, for a lot of different kind of decks. So you can. You can flood your board with energy and and hit with Bolton to do one shot knockouts. You can you can charge up your Raichu Raichu and try to paralyze it and kind of just like 
stall for time. You have the, the element some decks have, you know, the Vika Volt in there, and you can item lock, which really hurts like the Baby Bliss Epilon deck with, with the item. Um, you have your Tapu Koko that's like the, the perfect pivot Pokemon. You don't even most of the time need to charge him up, um, but he's the per perfect one there. Um, and then on top of that, you know, you have Pikaram itself, where he could, if if the board state is your into your favor, you can you can take six prizes in one attack. <laughs> yeah. So like just the win condition and options with that deck are 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 limitless almost. Yeah, I think it's not... I, I think it has more outs. Um, if something yep. isn't going right, ADP you can actually and it happens you get priced out of getting access to ADP. Um, and sometimes, uh, you know, some players just can't recover from that situation. You know, peak, the Pikaram deck, like you said, Jake, you just have so many other options. It allows you, it, it becomes such a more a consistent, aggressive deck than any other deck out there right now that, you know, it's just, it's just, it wins. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the one deck that I think can take, is like basically can play against the meta like it has an answer for everything yeah. kind of yep. it may not be the best answer like uh like if you even if it wants to play its weakness that's what mewtwo is there for you drop mewtwo instead and you still full blitz them yeah. but then you don't have the weakness yeah then even so, even against uh like colossal you can even if you don't have mewtwo or he's prized or whatnot that right to really kind of gives you a, a chance um with the paralysis and then on top of that, if you do have the Mewtwo, I've seen a lot, in a lot of matchups where you'll have the Choo Choo uh, loaded up and the Mewtwo, and you'll just keep switching between the two and keep continuously paralyze your, your opponent. <laughs> They'll eventually run out of switches. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for the first annual Triple P Awards show. Um, you know, I hope everyone has enjoyed this episode. This was a fun one for us. I'm so thankful for, you know, Jake. Uh, and Chuck and you know Zach who couldn't unfortunately make it to us and Dan for joining us for today and you know uh, coming up with these these categories coming up with the nominations and also helping with the selection also to all the voters who helped with the community talk and the community categories so thank you all again you know we really appreciate for this year um, you you joining us and listening to us and you know we can't wait for you know next year uh where we'll be coming back with a lot more so um you know stay tuned and thank you again yeah and i just want to you know second that uh, i appreciate this community um locally I, we, I, there's so many names to name um so i i'm not going to name everybody but and then just abroad um everybody's so welcoming um with their time and their opinions and all of that. Um, I couldn't be more happy to be part of this community. I can't wait for 2021. Um, we have some cool episodes lined up um, to start the year and hopefully, you know, go on and on with uh, some, some awesome community members and, and just kind of follow the meta as it goes and just talk Pokemon with all of you guys. And also real quick, Chuck, uh, Jake and I really want to thank you again personally for joining on to this team not only running our Discord server, but also uh, doing the Whimsy Watch, which is not easy, and you're doing such an amazing job with it. So thank you, thank you so much, because 
I get a lot out of that and I know our listeners get a lot out of it too. So thank you. Yes. Well, thank, thank you guys for letting me do it. I, I actually have a lot of fun doing it. So it is giving me a, a different look at things. Congratulations to all the winners and nominees. Thank you once again to our head professor, Zach, for all your hard work running our events. Thank you again to Dan, Count the Money, for joining us today as our special guest host and selection committee member. Thank Yins all again for listening to the first annual Triple P Awards show. Please listen and watch all the content creators we mentioned here today. Without many of them, Jake, Chuck, and I wouldn't be doing this podcast. Thank you again, and see you next year.